Welcome to the Faith Lift Radio Podcast, where doubt is destroyed and your faith is lifted. Here's today's message from Dr. Glenn. Let's bow our head and let's pray. Father, we want to thank you as we go to your word today that we are blessed. Spirit of God, I'm asking that you will think through my mind and that you will speak through my lips. Thank you for these, your wonderful people that God is to hear, mind to understand and heart to receive the word of the living God. Everybody say amen. We are on part two of our series, Prophesy, Son of Man. Prophesy. Now remember, the word Son of Man is the Hebrew words Ben Adam. Ben Adam. Literally, it meant uh, a fallen son of Adam. All of us who were born in the earth, irrespective of your, uh, uh, whether you're male or female, we are all the fallen sons and daughters of Adam. All right, Ezekiel chapter 37. Yesterday we went through a bit of history lesson about it. But I want us to uh, do a little recap and then give you maybe about four points today, all right? Maybe give you four or five points today. But let's go back to read Ezekiel chapter 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me. Remember what I told you. Anytime you hear the word that's saying, the, the hand of the Lord, it refers to the Holy Spirit. And he carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, now, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. We discovered yesterday the, the reason why they were very dry is because they had been there for a long time. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered and said, O Lord God, thou knowest. And he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones. I want you please to underline that in your Bible, prophesy upon these bones. Now, I'm stepping ahead of myself here, and I want you to write this down. He says, prophesy upon these dead, dry bones, meaning these dead, dry bones must come under the prophecy, which lines up perfectly to what Paul said to Timothy, Look in your Bible, please. The book of Timothy. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse uh, 18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on you. So Timothy's, Timothy's life was under prophecy. These bones now are now coming under prophecy. All right, very important for you to understand that. Glory to God. So he says, verse 4, prophesy upon these bones. Meaning the bones got to be under prophecy. The situation must be under prophecy. Now, what happens? And say to them, so you can't prophesy if you're not saying something. You've got to say something. The prophetic is released by words. Say that with me. The prophetic is released by words. Say to them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Not hear the words of Ezekiel, but hear the words of the Lord. Ezekiel was the mouthpiece, but it was the mouth of God. The mouthpiece of Ezekiel became the mouth of God. All right? Hear the word of the Lord. 
Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, which means look, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Now, what I want you to do is circle the word behold there in verse 5. All right? And by the word behold, put number one. Put number one. So, what is this? Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Look. Meaning, this is God's image. This is God's perspective. This is God's view. This is God's view. God sees the bones, but he's not looking at the bones. He sees his view. All right? Behold, look. But this is my viewpoint. I cause breath to enter into you, and you live. And I lay sinews upon you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you live and you know that I am the Lord. Now, verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded, not because I feel like it, but as I was commanded, I obeyed. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. Now look at verse 8. And when I beheld, now he's seeing what God saw. But he only saw what God saw after he said what God said. I want you to write this down. You can only see what God sees after you say what God has said. Many of us, we want to see what God sees without saying what God has said. If you want to see what God sees or has seen, then you've got to say what God has said. Can you say amen? All right, verse 8. And when I beheld, so now he's seeing. What is he seeing? What God saw already. But God said it first. All right? And I prophesied as I was commanded, and, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And bones come together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in, in them. Then he said unto me, prophesy to the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind. Thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon this lane, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, verse 11, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Now, we, we dealt with that yesterday. Behold, they say our bones are, are dried, and our hope is lost, and we are cut off from our parts. Therefore prophesy unto them and say to them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open up your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land. 
and you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and you shall, and I shall place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and even performed it, saith the Lord. Now, quickly, we discovered yesterday that there were pre-exilic prophets, exilic prophets, and post exilic prophets. Now, in your life, you have to be a pre-exilic prophet, you have to be an exilic prophet, and you have to be a post-exilic prophet, all right? That means you prophesy the word, you speak the word to prevent you from going into um, into exile, but if you do go to exile, because Jesus said in the world there will be tribulation, then you prophesy your way out of the exile, you become an exilic prophet, and then you must become a post-exilic prophet. So any which way, you must be the prophet of your own life. Can you say amen? All right. We discovered yesterday, I'm going to give you a, a quick recap of the, what we read yesterday. Then we're going to look at two scriptures, and I'm going to give you four points real quickly. All right. Now, we discovered yesterday, number one, when God wants to change or demands a change of situation, he tells you to prophesy. He tells you to prophesy. Number two, you prophesy in exile to become a post-exilic prophet. Number three, God showed Ezekiel the valley of dry bones and told him to prophesy and then showed Daniel and through Daniel showed us how it is done. All right. Number four, to prophesy yourself out of a valley, you need to find what God has already declared and then redeclare it verbatimly. Number five, to prophesy is to re-prophesy what God has said. Number six, you re-prophesy it by praying it through. You re-prophesy it by what? Praying it through. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to two verses today. Two verses that we're going to attach to Ezekiel 37. We, we briefly looked at it yesterday, and so I want us to look at it, verse 14. He says, and the elders of the Jews built and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Edo, and the built and finished it according to the commandment of the God of Israel. Look at the word commandment. And according to the commandment of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. Now, uh, <coughs> Haggai and Zechariah were known as post-exilic prophets. So you will need the prophetic voice all through, pre, in, and post. Pre, in, and post, you will need the prophetic voice. In fact, the scripture tells us through a prophet in the book of Hosea, through a prophet, God took Israel out of Egypt, and then through a prophet, another prophet, God protected the children of Israel. You will find this in the book of Hosea. All right? Now, ladies and gentlemen, so look at the word prosper through prophesying and then building, building, building. Now, do you remember that word in Mark eleven twenty two to 24? But the emphasis now on 23. 22, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. Verse 23, Jesus said, for whosoever shall 
say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt into his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. All right? So I want you to look at that. Let's go back to Mark 11, 20. Mark 11, 24, please. Please. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Look in your Bible. Mark eleven twenty three. And you need to pay attention to that. Mark eleven twenty three. Thank you, Jesus. All right. <clears throat> Jesus said, For verily I say unto you, now he says, that whosoever shall say, now, the word say here, I want you to write this down, is the Greek word epo, E-P-O, epo, or epo, all right? And it literally means to command. It literally means what? To command and to decree. So write the word the, by the, by, in, in, your, in, your, in your notes now. When Jesus said, uh, whosoever shall say, that's talking about you, shall say, put number one by the word say, and write the word Epo, epo, which means to bring a word to command, to bring a word and to do what? To command. That's the word epo, to tell something, to decree something. Whosoever shall decree, command this mountain, signifying your problem, or this valley, or this dry bones, be thou removed. That's a decree. And be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, right? But shall believe that those things which he say, right? Which he say. Now, the word saith here, the second word say, is not the word epo. It's not the word epo. Epo means to declare, to decree, to command. The second word for say here is the word lego. L-E-G-O. Now, you've heard of Lego? Kids love Legos, right? And so we, what, what, what do you do with Legos? You build. You build. So you've removed one thing, and now you're building something else. You're building something else. Can you say amen? So the first word say is the Greek word epo, which means to what? Decree, declare, command. The second say now that you've removed the mountain, you've got to build the dream, the life of your dream. Are you listening? It's the word Lego. Everybody say Lego. All right? So, with your words, you remove things. With your words now, you start to build things. If we believe that those things which he saith, Legos, shall come to pass, then he shall have, amen, Whatever he decrees. Epo. All right? He shall have whatever he decrees. So you decree one to depart and you decree one to build. Which goes back and lines up with what we've just read in Ezra chapter 6 and verse 14. And the elders of the Jews builded. Right? Builded. And they prospered. Or we can say it this way, and the elders of the Jews legoed, and they prospered through the legos, or the decrees of Haggai the prophet, and Zechariah the son of Edo, and they built and finished it. 
according to the commandment of the God of Israel. Can you say amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. So you will need the prophetic voice. This is why we just, like we quoted to you from the book of Hosea by a prophet. The Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet, he, they were, was he preserved. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1. You will prosper through your prophesying. Glory to God. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Miss Bonnie. All right, now, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I used to wonder about this. Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. Now, again, remember the word gifts is italicized in your King James Bible. All right, when you read 1 Corinthians, let's go back, let's go there for a minute. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians in chapter 14, please. You will notice that just as chapter 12 and verse 1, now concerning spiritual gifts, the word gifts is italicized, meaning it was not there in the original Greek. So that verse should literally be read, now concerning spiritual, and that's the Greek word pneumatikos, which means the supernatural, all right? Now concerning the supernatural brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. So let's go back to chapter 14 now. Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. Again, you will notice the word gifts is italicized, meaning it was not there in the original text. So he's telling you, follow after love and desire the supernatural. Desire the pneumatikos. But rather that you may prophesy. Rather that you may prophesy. So he's telling you, you need to prophesy. This is what God told Ezekiel. Ezekiel needed to prophesy. Now, there are different levels of prophesying. Prophets prophesy to people, all right? Are you listening? Or prophesy into a nation, into a situation. But you prophesy to your own life. You decree your own future. Glory to God. Can you say amen? Now, look in your Bible here. So, you need, you need to desire to prophesy. Now, that doesn't mean... Of course, it can mean that you can go through the prophetic gift and start to prophesy on other people, give them a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. But more importantly, prophesy to yourself. Prophesy to yourself. Can you say amen? It is through the prophesying that you will see the performance of God. All right? We just read that in the book of uh, Ezekiel chapter 37. All right? He says to him three times, uh, prophesy, son of man, prophesy, son of man, prophesy. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Then you come down to the last verse of verse 14 that we've been reading for. And I shall put my spirit in you and you shall live. And I shall place in you in your, shall place you in your own land. And you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it. How do you see the performance of God? Through prophesying. The performance of God becomes visible to you through you opening your mouth and prophesying. Can you say amen? The what now? The performance of God. God is watching over his word to perform it. The only way that God can watch over his word to perform it is when it comes out of your mouth. He's not watching over a Bible verse to perform it, and that is true too, but he's watching over your words that comes out of your mouth. There needs to be an avenue. There needs to be a release of the prophetic words.
Can you say amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right? It is through prophesying that you will see the performance of God. Amen. The, it is the prophesying of the promises of God that you will see the performance of God, amen, punctually in your life. Can you say amen? All right. Now, so today, I want to give you four um, or five points real quickly before I leave you. Number one, I want you to write this down. God showed Ezekiel a valley of dry bones and asked him this question. That valley of dry bones represents the whole of the house of Israel. That means the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Remember I explained to you yesterday how it was divided between Israel and Judah. Okay? Now, number one. So God showed them the valley of dry bones. Dead, dry bones for a long time. Disconnected, separated. Israel went into captivity under the Assyrian, in Assyria, in Mesopotamia, and so on and so on. Whereas, and it was scattered all over the place. Whereas Judah went into Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar. So God's people were dispersed, scattered. So God showed him that. Now, point number one today, every pathetic situation needs a prophetic voice. Every pathetic valley. It was a valley of dead, dry bones. It was pathetic because it represented the whole house of Israel who had been cut off and they were in a state of hopelessness and despair. So every pathetic valley, every valley that is pathetic needs a prophetic voice. You need to write that down. Every pathetic situation needs a prophetic saying every prophetic every pathetic valley needs a prophetic voice all right every valley of dead bones need a prophetic voice of hope can you say amen glory to god so when you look around your life, if you see yourself in a pathetic valley, valley in the Bible speaks to us of um, calamities, speaks to us of uh, um, bad situations. David said, Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The Bible talks to you about the valley of Baca, the valley of misery and tears, the valley of oh no. Are you listening? All right. The valley of Rephaim, the valley of giants. It is in the valley that you inquire, that you encounter the giants. It is in the valley that you encounter death. The valley of Elah, the one that stands still. But the Bible tells us we turn the valley of Baca into, into tears of joy. Glory to God. Into a pool of joy, going from strength to strength. Can you say amen? So, every 
pathetic valley needs a prophetic voice. Number two, you will prosper through prophesying. You prosper through prophesying. Daniel did it. He prophesied the prophecies of Jeremiah. And we've just read in Ezra chapter 6 and verse 14, and the elders of the Jews built and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai. Prophesying, prospering through the, through the prophesying. You may wonder why you're not prospering. Probably because you're not prophesying. Are you listening? Can you say amen? So, so write this down. Prospering through what? Prophesying. So, number two today, you prosper through prophesying. What do we prophesy? Not just every whim that comes out of your heart. You prophesy the word of the living God. Thus saith the Lord God. You prophesy what God has already prophesied. The scripture tells you that the word of God is a more sure word of prophecy. I don't need to be looking for a man or a woman to prophesy on me. I've got 66 books of the Bible. 39 in the old, 27 in the new. Amen. Giving me all kind of words. What do I care if somebody doesn't prophesy on me? I've already got God himself. I got You want somebody to prophesy on you? Hey, how about letting Peter prophesy on you? How about letting Paul prophesy on you? How about letting James prophesy on you? You say, well, I would, I would like a prophecy from a great man of God. Well, how about letting Isaiah prophesying on you? How about letting Jeremiah prophesying on you? Glory to God. How about letting Daniel prophesying on you? Well, how, do you, how will Daniel prophesy on me? They that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits in the land. Glory to God. Can you say amen? Amen. Say amen. All right, so number two, you prosper through prophesying. Number three, real quickly, please. i got to give you this and run. Number three, it is the prophecy that you prophesy that God is watching over to perform in your life. It is the prophecy, the prophetic word, that you personally open your mouth and prophesy that God is watching over to perform it punctually in your life, to perform it powerfully in your life. Can you say amen? Thank you, Jesus. That's why the Bible tells you, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. That's why um, Anna said about uh, uh, Penina, God has enlarged my mouth over my enemies. Prophesying is you enlarging your mouth over the prophecies, the demonic prophecies of Satan. Satan is prophesying against you every day. The tree prophesied against Jesus. That's why Jesus opened his mouth and said to him, No man shall eat fruit hereafter uh, from you again. But if you read that in Mark 11, 20, let's go to Mark 11, please. Uh, what does Jesus, look what the Bible says. There's nothing in the Bible by accident. 
Mark 11. Thank you, Jesus. Look in your biblicals. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Mark 11. Look in your Bible. Verse. It'd be all right if I was in the right chapter. I mean, Mark 12. Mark chapter 11, please. Verse. <clears throat> 14. And Jesus answered and said unto it, it what? The fig tree. Well, when do, you, when do you answer somebody when they're telling you something? When they're telling you something? He answered the fig tree. The fig tree was prophesying to him, you're not going to get any fig off of me. Are you listening? And he answered the fig tree. All right. So it is the prophecy that you prophesy that God is watching over to perform. Your prophecy is you enlarging your mouth. Your prophetic word is you enlarging your mouth over the big mouth of the devil. Goliath had a big mouth, but David had a bigger mouth. Right? For 40 days, morning and evening, Goliath had the people in captivity, captivated, hypnotized by his words. Give me a man. And they were all under his spell for 40 days until somebody came along and broke that spell by speaking the word. Can you say amen? Can you say thank you, Lord Jesus? Glory to God. So it is the prophecy that you prophesy that God is watching over to perform it. And remember this, that your prophesying is you enlarging your mouth over the mouth of hell, over the mouth of the devil. All right, that was number three. Number four, write this down. Prophesying will turn you into another man. Prophesying will turn you into another man. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter 10, please. Look at verse... 6. 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 6. Now remember, Samuel was talking to uh, Saul. Saul came from the tribe of Benjamin, which was at the time the smallest tribe in Israel. And he came from the smallest tribe. And from the smallest tribe, he came from the smallest family. So there were, he was totally insignificant. No influence whatsoever. And God said to him, look at this now. Verse 6, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and you shall prophesy with them, and shall be turned into another man. Turn into another man, what does that mean? That means you came from a place of no influence. You, you came from a place of total insignificance. But when you prophesy... By the Spirit of the Lord, amen, you're going to leave the place of no influence to a place and a place of invisibility to a place of visibility and to a place of influence. You're no longer going to be the smallest family from the smallest tribe, but you're going to become the first king of Israel. 
Have I not chosen you to become a captain over my people so you'll be changed into another man? Yes, there was a prophetic word, but he had to prophesy. He had to re-prophesy what Samuel prophesied. He had to re-prophesy by the Spirit of the Lord what Samuel already pronounced. Can you say amen? So prophesying will turn you into another man will turn the valley of dead bones into a strong and mighty army, which brings me to point number five. The purpose of prophesying is to cause a valley of dead bones to hear the word of the Lord to become the voice of a mighty army. The purpose of prophesying is to, call, to cause the valley of dead bones to hear the word of the Lord to stand as a voice of the army of the Lord. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? So I've given you five points today. So son of man, Miss Catherine, Miss Bonnie, Miss Rose, Rosemary, Miss B, uh, G-Day, amen, Apostle G-Day, glory to God, Bishop Barry, you need to open up your mouth and begin to prophesy. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Faithlift Radio Podcast. For more information about Dr. Glenn and how to offer your financial support, log on to glenarecchion.org.